Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. I'm Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about Spider-Man: Far From Home. You were just referencing. Far From Home? No, get out of here. Go away. <laughs> you were just referencing Hotel Transylvania <laughs> Three and your review on Letterboxd. Um, and then it made me think that, like, okay, so I've made mistakes in my life. Uh-huh. So I, I agree you have. Th- this was, like, it was less than $10, so I bought it. I was like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, good call. Blu-ray, like, it'll be nice. Oh, sorry, Blu-ray DVD, no digital. So sorry, everybody. Um, and then, like, a week later, for, like, 20 bucks, all three of them are available. Yeah, well, I told you that's what you should have done. I, I'm debating on just going over to Target and see if it's still there. I'm just getting it. I'm just saying, like, cool story. Do you need this? No, I have it. Who who needs this copy if I get the three-pack? Is this a giveaway? Do, do we try to get our tenth like by a Hotel Transylvania Blu-ray DVD set? Give it to Griffin. Oh, I could give it to Griffin. Yeah, with a creepy note. Um, I feel like Griffin already has this, though. He probably has... Well, he needs one for each room of the house. <laughs> um, are you assuming that Griffin Newman doesn't already have those things? Yes. Sorry, I'm looking at Twitter. <laughs> What's up on the old Twitter? I don't know. We're, like, talking about Stranger Things and how it's good that the people are getting older. Okay, so in the time that you left yesterday uh-huh. to the time that you came back now... Are you done? We're done. We watched it. It's actually... Okay, so eight episodes, most of them are shorter than an hour. Uh, most of them range between... 47 and 52 minutes so like now you can look up the pops yeah absolutely pops they were at adventures the other day they have been there for a while and no worries don't look at them oh i saw i i, I the only one that i saw was 11s okay. and then i was like oh she's gonna get a dress and then when that dress came up i was like that's the pop yeah be careful there's okay some spo- there's some spoilers in the pop there's some spoilers in the pops yeah Okay. It's a, real, it's a real thing. What what is the what are the pop here, here skip ahead a couple seconds if you don't want Stranger Things well, probably like a minute or two. Um if you don't want Stranger Things season three spoilers. We're gonna we're gonna open up with Pop Talk. Netflix Pop Talk nonetheless. Netflix Pop Talk. Man, that was difficult. Um While kind of looking that up. I guess I didn't hate Stranger Things Season 3. We've covered the first two seasons on this podcast. We're not covering the third season on this podcast because I didn't want to, like... I didn't want to... I didn't want to have Kylie watch it because I don't think she'd enjoy it. Because I don't want Kylie to watch things. (laughs) I mean, I like it when you watch things. It's just... It was actually pretty easy. So we got through four last night. Like, and they they run together really nicely. Like... The binge shows on Netflix, they kind of just feel like really long movies at times. So, like, we did four last night, and then we got up to grocery shopping, and then on the way home, I'm like, great, and we only have a Gone with the Wind left. Because there's only, like, four hours left. So, yeah, you know. So there's one that's Billy Flayed. Flayed Billy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess if you... Which I... Uh-huh. That doesn't seem good. No, being flayed is not good. <laughs> So, though I will say, I don't know when it happens. Episode one. I'm just saying. So, like, I'm I'm gonna say spoiler if you've not seen any of season three. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're all in season three, you're gonna be like, ah, I see what's happening here. He got Bobby flayed. 
Okay, there's yeah. also... Yeah, what's up? Um, Tell me more. There's a couple of 11 ones. There is... There's four. There's four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's let's do this. Okay, so the one that I saw is 11 in the dress. Uh, it's like black with all kinds of different colors on it. Okay, that's not a dress. That is a jumpsuit. <sighs> Sorry, jumpsuit. You are correct. Okay. Um, and then what else could there be? There's probably one in she has a suspenders yellow, and like a um, yellow hat. Oh, yellow hat. Okay, not suspend. Okay, so suspenders with, with like a scrunchie. Yes. Yeah. Okay, there's that one. Okay. There's what? one with her. There's five. I lied. There's one with her with a red jacket. With a red jacket. What does the red jacket look like? And her like? hair is. That I think is a season. No, season three. It is a season three pop, but that's a season two look. Mm, yeah. Okay. And then there's this one with a yellow hat. I don't know why there's French 11. Okay. Oh, she wears that for legit one. So there's a montage where she goes to the mall and tries on different outfits. And the French hat one is worn. Seems like what we would do, everyone. Yeah. Yep. And then there's Battle Eleven, where she's blindfolded. Oh yeah, that's uh, she's going into the upside down and looking for things. Okay. Spoilers, everyone. She goes to the upside down. Well, maybe not the actual upside down. It's that weird. We saw this in season two. It's where like like the world's just black and she just sees what she wants to see. What? Where like she's like, I can figure out where a person is. Anyway, it I'm happens. sorry, I don't think I watched season two. Uh, did you just Wikipedia it and have a good old conversation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is that is that what happened? Oh, I hate this. I see, that's all I did. <sighs> the last episode of season three is its saving grace. Mm-hmm. There is definitely some good stuff there. They mix their... Oh, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter is in the series? Spot on. She's great. Great addition. Steve continues to be solid. Dustin, all right, I'm on board. Most of the other main kids get not else, not much else to do except for Mike. Mike's a whiner. I don't. Is, app- Mike, is Mike chapter one it? Yeah, it's Finn Wolf Wolfhead Wolfhard Wolfen Wolfie. Oh, you know what else I saw? I yeah. saw the Adam... Sorry, this is from a conversation like three episodes ago. Okay. I also saw the trailer for Adam's Family. Yeah, I was I was, I was, was 100% out. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not 100% out. I, I have no need to involve that in my life. I don't like the animation. I don't either. It looks weird. One of them looked like a bowling pin. It looks cheap and lazy. Yeah. Sorry, animators, don't mean to insult you, but, like, the design aesthetic looks cheap and lazy. Like. Though, I will say this. I like the idea of keeping the Addams Family alive as a property through animation. I think that's a good way to reimagine that property. I'm not sure if this is going to be a good movie, though. Because, like... His name's Wolfhard. Wolfhard. Yeah, because he plays Pugsley. That's. <laughs> oh, he does. There. Okay. Yeah, versus Chloe Grace Moretz who, as Wednesday. Yeah. I don't need that in my life. Why can we stop casting Chloe Grace Moretz as like weird goth girl? Sure. How many okay. times have we done it? Dark Shadows. Okay. Here. Uh huh. Carrie. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm reaching at this point, but like, I just feel like it's a thing. It may not be a thing. Well, it may... I don't think Carrie's a weird goth girl. Well, no, okay. <laughs> but like, spooky. A spooky horror girl, okay? Those might be the three. She might be in Suspiria. Isn't that Dakota Johnson? Well, there's more than one person in that film. Yeah, Tilda. Tilda. <laughs> yeah, you know. You're so annoying. <laughs> She is in Suspiria. Okay, great, great. I mean, I don't know if she's a spooky girl on that, though. It's on Amazon now. I don't know, Suspiria looks like a spooky movie. It does! No, I agree with you. I'll, I'll count it. What about Greta, where she's not the spooky person <laughs> in that? Man, I really wanted Greta to be something other than what Greta was. Have you seen it? No, I just maybe, saw the trailer. Maybe it is something different. Maybe. See, see, some people tell me, some podcasters go in... And tell me that it's not a comedy. And some of them tell me that it is. And so... So it's a real Midsommar. Yeah. Great. Stranger Things Season 3, also fine. Too much plot, not enough character. Weird tone. Like, they went with a weird, almost sitcom-y tone. It, I don't know. Works fine, not their best season. One, I still think, is their shining achievement. Alright. Catch up on all the things that we've watched? No. I'm not going to go through everything that I've watched. No, I was saying, are we done with that section? Like, it seemed like that was a section that we did there. Yeah, I might cut a lot of it. What? What? How much of it gets cut? Twelve minutes. What? How long have we been talking? Thirteen minutes. Oh, okay. So that one minute about Hotel Transylvania stays in and then everything else goes? Yeah. Great. What else is interesting? <laughs> Do we wanna do we wanna mention our, our summer rewatch on here? Or not rewatch, our summer watch, our week by week watch that we're doing? No. No? No. Spoilers, everybody, you don't get to know. No spoilers? Those are the opposite of spoilers. Oh. Secrets. Secrets, everyone. We have secrets. They probably know. Do they? Yeah. Did we say it out loud? Probably, Josh. Okay. We never we repeat stuff so often. How how what do you mean we repeat stuff so often? So often. I have never once talked about my love for the Planet of the Apes trilogy. That's it, Josh. They're out. <laughs> They're out of the game. They're out of the game? They're out of the game. What happens if I reference my apes again? They're already out of the game. What, They've been kicked out of the league. But what happens? Like there's gotta be consequences. You're no longer on the podcast. It'll just, I'll just cut out everything that you say, and it'll just be me talking to no one. With, like, awkward breaks? Yeah. I'll continue to do these recordings, and then I'll go home and record my own private episode oh, and release that. Would you just record, like, your impersonation of me as the other side of the voice? <laughs> um. Hey, everyone, welcome to Together. I'm Josh. And I'm Kylie. And today, we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. Spark from Homecoming. <laughs> if I could... I'm, so, I'm sorry, that's if, not even what it's called. If I could just, like, keep sending you <laughs> sad, disappointed Tony Stark, I would. Ah, uh, that's fine. I don't... He... he his, his judgment on me doesn't bother me. <laughs> You know, I, I I realized something in this movie okay. about my feelings for Tony Stark, and uh -huh. that was a little bit mismoshed on him. So you're saying that you don't love him 3,000? No. Okay. <laughs> like, 
2,000? Well, it's really hard to say, Josh. We're going to get in there. 1,500. We're going to get there. 1,000? Josh, I sent you a gift that explains <laughs> my feelings on it last okay. night. And I don't think you understood the message. I sent you lots of gifts last night, mm-hmm. and I gave you all the clues to figure them out. Mr. Snowman. <laughs> Are you the snowman killer? His name is David S. Pumpkins. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you know that's pretty much the bit. It's a uh, it's an SNL sketch. Oh, that's all I needed. Yeah, that's all I was looking yeah, for yesterday. But no, no, yeah. So sorry. I just kept sending you Tom Hanks. Yeah. Why was why? Well, because Tom Hanks is David S. Pumpkins. Why? Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live. Okay. It became a thing. Like it blew up. That's about what I know. Is it funny? I enjoyed watching it. You know, we have an inquiry of the half squared Fortnite. Hey, I got one. You have go for it. Do you have one? Well, it was it was kind of silly, but go for it. Oh, cheers. Mine was uh, nothing to do with Spider-Man or movies. Oh, okay, sure. Great. It was hey Kylie, if you could go on a European vacation, where would you where would you go to? I wouldn't. Okay, great. Well, yours sounds like a better question then. <laughs> Why would I go to Europe? I don't know. History, like things, things to see, get out of the country for a little bit. I don't want to be on a plane. Get that some long. culture. Oh, it'd be too hard to be on the okay, plane that long. Okay, so here's what here's my lands plan to do that. So we're gonna so like we go west coast to east coast, and then we like chill out a day in like New York or Boston or whatever. And then we go up to Reykjavik. Because that's actually that's a similar fly as west coast to east coast. And then you chill out in Reykjavik, and then once you're in Iceland, it's pretty. It's a pretty short jump to other places. Yeah, but when are my ears gonna unpop? <sighs> Depends on when you get back to sea level. Mm-hmm. I think it's up to you and where you go. Josh. Yeah. I fly to Seattle, and I feel like I'm gonna pass out because my ears don't pop. This is why I don't fly to Seattle. I can't always get over the pass, Josh. It's closed. I mean, fair. <laughs> fair enough. I think it was the first time... I may have... When I was flying to Gettysburg, that may have been the first time that I ever flew Pasco to Seattle. It, it's a dumb flight. Oh, well, Josh. All flights are dumb. Uh, Every you, flight I have been on just makes me, like, want to pass out. But not, like, sleep. Like, I feel like I'm going to pass out and faint. So, because I get this ringing in my ear and my ears won't pop and all the pressure is in my head and I can't feel like I'm breathing and I can't do that for 12 hours. I mean, I also don't like flying. So that's why I'm not going to Europe. Okay, great. Not going to Europe. (laughs) What's your question? Seems like a better question. I don't know. It's like, so Josh, Spider-Man's full of stupid villains. Okay. (laughs) The comics. (laughs) Which stupid villain do you want to see in the next Spider-Man film? Okay, wait. Does it have to be a stupid one? Well, Josh. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't think they're all stupid. But I can pick from the stupid ones. I think a lot of them are stupid. <laughs> I haven't read a ton of Spider-Man, but, like, I don't like... like I find Dr. Octopus dumb. <sighs> from the comics. Just <sighs> the comics. It's so, so much. I haven't read Superior. It's I've, good. I've only read Amazing Spider-Man, where Doc Ock is stupid. <laughs> Green Goblin's annoying. Mysterio's dumb. Electro's dumb. I mean, maybe that's just because you're seeing it from, from you know, the Spider-Man point of view. Uh-huh. If you looked at it from their point of view. Okay. You know, maybe maybe you'll, maybe you'll see the world a little bit different. Maybe that, that annoying kid over there, he, he's the worst. So I'm going to kill Gwen Stacy? Yeah. 
to get off back her. Yep. Be like, no. Green Goblin's actually probably the most fine of them. But like, whenever I did read it, I had this voice of like, yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But maybe instead of that voice, maybe it's like, yeah, Spider Man. Craven. Yes. kind of dumb. <sighs> Hi, I'm Craven the Manhunter, I am. That's uh, John Goodman. Oh, so Craven. sorry. <laughs> John Goodman would be my Craven. <sighs> That's a good Craven. Thank you. Um, Well, well, you got to Craven, because Craven's my answer. Oh. I think Craven the Manhunter would Craven. be interesting. I'll call, is it John Goodman? Um, I don't know if it's John Goodman, but I'd be fine with it if it was. <laughs> fine, I'll get my own Spider-Man villain. <laughs> Spider-Man villain. Uh... <laughs> I think Craven the Manhunter would be an interesting one because I think that you could... So, what I've enjoyed about the Spider... The Tom Holland Spider-Man, the MCU Spider-Mans, when we have introduced the new villain into the universe, it we're not necessarily beholden to... Uh, we're not beholden to the comic lore as much. Yeah, because some of them are stupid. And, and we're building our own. I'm sorry, Electro is dumb. So, you're, I mean, you're not wrong. Electro's not one of my faves. Also, Shocker's dumb. <laughs> but he shocks you. So is Rhino. Rhino's also dumb. He's stuck in the suit forever. Okay? I don't know much about... I don't know He's much Paul Giamatti about, in a oh suit. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know much about Vulture. Um... I don't know. I listen, <laughs> listen. If you you could do this with any rogues gallery, though, yeah, like they're all stupid. Yes, Batman's got the Mad Hatter. Uh huh. He's got that dummy person. Calendar Man. He's got whoa, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> get out of here. Get get yourself right out of here. He's got the polka dot man. <laughs> the polka dot man. Yeah, yeah. We've already. Talked about how stupid they are. It's called Lego Batman, the greatest movie. It's right there. No, it's there. It is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I don't know. Superman got some dumb things. Oh, I have a better question. Here okay. we go. What? This is a silly. You question. didn't answer the Craven question. Uh, the, the, the Craven question. You uh, didn't answer the villain question. I don't know, Josh. Uh, my here's my other thing. Okay. Okay. Here's my other question. <laughs> so. So Batman uh -huh. has had about 20 different actors play him. Okay. And have had about 106 movies. Okay. Okay. Are those exact Superman numbers? Superman uh -huh. has had about 18 different actors play okay. him. Okay. Uh-huh. With at least 62 movies. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Spider-Man has oh. had like nine movies. Okay. And four people have played him. Wow. These are exact perfect numbers. What? Spider-Man's pretty close. Your Spider-Man one is, but it was just strange that you went from, like, exaggerating. <laughs> your exaggerating got smaller till it got accurate. I don't know, Josh. If you start including all those animated DC straight-to-video things, we're in pretty close to my numbers. You're okay. You're maybe not wrong. Okay. But then you can also do that for Spider-Man also. Mm, okay. Good. Okay, I was going to say good Spider-Man. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is going to call you because he appreciates his run as Peter Parker. Was he? He was an animated one. So was Drake Bell. See? Neil Patrick Harris also plays Nightwing in Under the Red Hood. You have that movie. We can watch it right now. We're recording right now. So we just like watch it. We could. We're like, that could be. We could do like an audio commentary on that. 
I mean... That'd be a strange one to do, but I think that that's the right one to do. Yeah? (laughs) Is it just like, no more far from home (laughs) thoughts? Is this just an audio commentary now? What if we just did an audio commentary to that while we talked about Spider-Man Far From Home? Whoa, look at that, Josh! (laughs) And I'm like, uh, Kylie, Tom Holland? Okay, anyway. Okay, yeah. So what superhero (laughs) should we have 16 billion actors play and just keep rebooting till the end of time? None. Okay, well, you have to. <laughs> Why? The gun is to Anne's head until you pick someone. Okay, wait. Now, that seems rude. Wait, it's until I pick <laughs> someone? Great, just stay there for a bit. I'm going to think about it for a while. My answer is going to be Ant-Man. Okay. Because <laughs> you're like, I'm done with you, Paul Rudd. No, Paul Rudd's not the issue. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Which question do you want to answer? Do you want to answer this villain one or this one? I've literally answered all the questions so far, so... You have not answered mine yet. You said... I said Craven. My other one. Oh, well, you were going to talk, so I was going to let you talk. I just, you know, picked one that I don't think has a longevity in this world. And so I'm just hoping for the end of superhero films. Do you... With the 16th Ant-Man film, I feel like we will finally revolt. Do you think that the that society <laughs> cares enough about Ant-Man to support that series beyond Paul Rudd? No, Josh. I do not. However, I think that the studio will make us want to care about <laughs> Ant-Man. Okay. Okay. What? Okay, can I, can I, okay. Uh, The answer to your question. Which one? uh, I already answered your other one. Sandman's also dumb. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) What superhero should be cast infinite times? Yeah. Green Lantern. Okay. Okay. Because there's about a billion of them, so we can just keep We can just keep passing the ring from person to person to person. The Lantern. The Lantern. So sorry. I'm so sorry. I've messed it all up. Can we then do Darkest Night? Uh, only 27 films in. And then they all come back. <laughs> so we're gonna do the MCU. Yes. The whole run. And then yeah. we're gonna get Darkest Night. Yeah. And then the sequel, Brightest Day. Yeah. And then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and then the world explodes. Because we've got too much superhero <laughs> crap on it. We already do! <laughs> yeah, but listen... Josh, I missed one whole superhero film this year, and it felt so nice. Which one? Hellboy. Oh, yeah. We did not talk about that one. Yeah. Uh, I've missed two. I know. I've missed two. It's... I would have missed Spider-Man Far From Home if it weren't for you. Yep, I know. Kylie, you had sworn off... it's not even you. (laughs) I also said it's gonna go on. It's not a you thing. It's an us thing. It's we. You had sworn off superhero films until this point. not. I went and saw the other thing. Well, you had sworn them off on the podcast, at least. We literally did Infinity War. Yeah. Dark you... Phoenix was literally on our list until you go, couldn't see it. Go back until, go back to the um, Endgame episode where you're like, I'm done. I'm done with superhero movies. No more. They're not going on the calendar. And I was like, until Spider-Man. <laughs> and that held true. Friends, if you want to answer the inquiry of the half Fortnite, half squared <laughs> Fortnite, which is which superhero needs infinite recasting in films, or what's the which dumbest Spider Man villain who needs to appear in a film, or where do you want to go in Europe? Whatever question you want what to answer. Morbius? What about Morbius? Can we do that? Can we do a Morbius? I one? don't need Morbius. 
I don't need any of them. <laughs> well, okay, there you go. Josh, that's... <laughs> you can do so at friendofafriendpodcast.squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review or any review, and we will read it out here on the podcast. You can also hit that subscribe button. Pew, pew. <laughs> Florence, is she here? Oh. Pew, pew. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. And now, on with the show. All right, Kylie. Hey. We're here to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. Before we do so, we had previously said in the past, uh-huh. in the days of future past... Okay. We had said that... We didn't that do an episode on that one. We did not, yeah. Uh, but in other past superhero episodes, we have said, or at least I maybe have speculated, I feel like you also speculated too, that the bubble could burst after Endgame. So here we are, after Endgame. We've had two superhero movies fail, and now we have Homecoming. Which two failed? Far, far From Home. Uh, Hellboy and Dark Phoenix. Did Hellboy come after? Maybe, was it slightly before? We've had one fail. Mm, I, yes. I think you're right. I think it's March, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. It came out April 12th. Which I think is two weeks before the end game. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, we've had at least one superhero come out and, and, and fail. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home made its, made its budget back over five days. Which is... Uh, 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 which is good. The movie will make money, but is a slower pace than what other films have. Like it didn't rock it out to a giant two hundred million dollar opening, or it didn't break any records of any kind. It just kind of landed, landed fairly successfully. Not sure if it's got a large footprint in the world, other than like the teens are seeing it because it's a teen-oriented Spider-Man property. How are you feeling on the other side of Endgame? Do you feel the bubble has burst at all? Do you, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think it has slowed down. I don't think that it's completely burst. Because while... I mean, it's not as... Like, its opening was $93 million, While uh, Homecoming's was $117 million. Okay. So... Different opening numbers. Uh-huh. But... All in all, it's not like it's not a huge depletion from Correct. that one. Correct. Like it's some amount of money less. So I don't I don't want to necessarily say like oh blah blah blah. It may also be. I mean, this one just came out right after Endgame. Yep. So that might be the other thing. The fatigue could still be there. So maybe had it come out a little bit later, even like, though maybe but... like November ish yeah. or something. Maybe it would have even garnered more. Yeah. However, because I think it's still making pretty good numbers in the United States worldwide, it did gr- pretty great. I don't yeah. think that there's a slump yet. I think that, however, we are. N- that is to say, for the MCU. Uh huh. Dark Phoenix, part of the X Men franchise, the X Men franchise has kind of been going down a little bit. Yes. For a, a little while. Um,. Days of Future Past was pretty big. I know that Apocalypse made money, but I think that after Apocalypse, the fans were kind of like, bro, this isn't very good. And Logan, as part of the Wolverine franchise, feels so separate. Mm -hmm. 
that like that film succeeded but also I think felt separate enough that like yes I believe that Dark Phoenix is the direct reaction to Apocalypse I, I agree with that sentence and I think that like Logan had the thing that Deadpool also had where it's like narrate superhero movie and also Logan comes out after does, oh after Deadpool yeah Deadpool's yes. 2016 so it's like a year after Deadpool so like Deadpool kind of revitalizes X-Men stuff blah 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 but I feel like even Deadpool 2, though, I think a lot of people strongly love it. I don't... I mean, it did well. It made its money back. Um, I I don't know what you're looking up, but if... Did Deadpool 2 outgross even Deadpool 1? No. Okay. Um, it was close, though. Okay. So, Deadpool 1, which came out in February, mm-hmm. and was the February Valentine's Day highlight, uh, made 363 million, Uh while Deadpool 2 made 318 million. Okay. Coming out in May, where it had a little bit more competition. Yeah. It comes out, it comes out after Infinity War. Yes. So that might also. Yeah, it's kind of in its shadow there. Mm Mm-hmm. So. I think that. I think that one of the issues that we're seeing and that might also be affecting some of these numbers is when these movies are coming out and how close together they're coming out. Yeah. Because I do think that, I do honestly think that Dark Phoenix may have done better had it come out later. Mm-hmm. Like, if Dark Phoenix had come out maybe in august or even, like, later than that, it might have done better. Even if it came out before. Yeah. It might have done better just for the pure of the pure purpose of. Sorry. Uh, just for the pure purpose of it didn't have as much competition around it. Yeah. Or if it like wasn't around so many superhero movies because it does get overwhelming. Is not a good word because it's just a movie, but it does get tedious to yeah. be like, well, I have to go to the superhero film this week. Agreed. And so, if superhero films are going to continue, um. I think that they need to slow down production, and I think they need to spread themselves out, and that's hard to do because I'm talking to a bunch of studios, but studios should be playing a more strategic game with some of these. And I, I feel like what's going to be difficult for studios to do that with These is, are the only things making money. They're the only things making money, and they're the only thing that they're propping up their studios on. And so I think it is interesting. I, in some ways, feel like here on the other side of Endgame... That the bubble hasn't burst, but there's, like, some holes, and we're just kind of putting some band-aids on it. Like, I I think we're gonna, I think we're coming down. Uh, I feel like Endgame is and will be the peak of it until somebody changes the game enough to get everybody excited about it again. And it's gonna go down until somebody does that. That being said, Marvel's changing its strategy because, like, beyond Far From Home... Nothing's announced. Like, there's a, there's, Marvel will be at Comic Con, so we think that, like, there's gonna be some stuff there, but other than that, outside of, we know there's a Black Widow movie being made right now, and we know what actors still have movies left on their contracts, but other than that, they haven't announced a slate. And I, and like, cause the next thing that was supposed to be up was Guardians 3, and we know that that got delayed for many, many reasons, and so there's just, it's kind of a hole for the MCU here for a bit. And maybe that might actually be a good thing for them to allow some space and time to breathe because I think that Far From Home does feel like an epilogue 
to phase three. Like, it, 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 it makes sense that it ends it. But yeah, I'm slightly interested to say that I, I do feel like we're on the downside right now mm-hmm. of the superhero thing. And I'm kind of excited about that because I've loved the MCU and I've loved all of it and it's not going anywhere. But I'd be really interested to see what happens next in Hollywood and how we can morph and change from this what's been basically a decade plus long run of MCU movies. Welcome to the Wan universe. The Wan universe? Yeah. The Conjuring. The Conjuring. There you go. I'm going to just say something about Annabelle creation. (laughs) Okay, yeah. They opened up a lot of (laughs) possibilities for spinoffs, so. (laughs) So get ready, everyone. Well, it's it that is interesting because I think the cinematic universe model is what everybody is still trying to do. to do and it feels like people are like no, movies need to become more episodic and they need to keep drawing you back into these characters over and over and over again rather than being these standalone pieces. Because I when I was thinking too the other day I was like which one of the MCU movies is never going to get a sequel? Doctor Strange. I think it's... it's, He's got in the contracts, but... Yeah. Right? Doctor Strange. Right? I wouldn't be surprised if there's a Doctor Strange 2, though. So did you pick one that doesn't get a sequel? No, because my answer was none of them. I feel like they would want... They're going to try it with all of them. Can Um, I say something? Yeah. This might be a little blasphemous. Okay. Okay. Uh, Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen... But I, 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 it could happen. Okay. Okay. Chris, Chris Evans is gonna go do his little indie stuff. Uh huh. You know, maybe he wants to make a new house. Knives Out with Rain Johnson. So he calls up Disney. Uh huh. He's like, "Can I be Captain America again? Because we could just do something there, right? Yeah. Because now he he's in just, his own timeline. So like, we just whatever it. Yeah. And I think good call. So I'm I'm just like people people are like, well, Iron Man's done. No, Robert Downey Jr. has been in the news being like, Ironheart, get Ironheart, and I'm like, good idea. <laughs> we don't want to hear from you anymore. Not not that there's anything wrong with Robert Downey Jr. But right. we're just we're, go go do your sciencey thing and save the world. Need the judge too. Come on, <laughs> judging the judge. <laughs> um, so like I'm pretty sure he's done. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Scarlett Johansson's probably done soon. I think that the solo movie is her last contracted one. And then, so like, yeah, you know. The only ones who we know have, we know Ruffalo has one left on his deal. And we know that um, Hemsworth re-upped. He was like, yeah, let's do more. You know, he he just needs to stay there. Uh, No, it's a good (laughs) spot for him. Like, yeah. So, okay. Uh, let's transition into Far From Home. Uh, we start uh, with, our, with our new new release episodes. We've got non-spoilers and spoilery sections of these movies. Um, and then we start, as always, with expectations. Kylie, what were your expectations for Far From Home? Uh, I don't really have any. Okay. If I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I kind of didn't think about this film much at all. Uh-huh. I forgot Jake Gyllenhaal was in the movie. Until he showed up. I definitely had seen him in the trailer. Yeah. No, I remembered because the cardboard cutout had him in there. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal, oh yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's in this. And that was a real knee slapper. What if I just 
what if I just kept, like, little cutouts of Jake Gyllenhaal's face? And, like, if I ever beat you to the theater, I'll just, like, tape it on the cardboard cutout, and then just be like, oh, look, Jake Gyllenhaal's in this! You won't beat me. Oh, you're right. You are <laughs> correct. Because I, I get there, like, first I sit in my car for about 10 to 15 minutes, <laughs> because I'm too early to be early. Uh-huh. Yeah, like for Midsummer, when you were like, oh, theater was empty. By the time the rest of us got there, it was like, line out the door. <laughs> well, I came straight from work. There was yeah. no reason for me not to just go straight there. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, so, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, it's okay. I don't know who John Watts is. It, I don't think you should know who John Watts is. I just... I, I think he's got one other film outside of the Spider-Man films. What is it? Mm, something with Kevin Bacon and... He, Who's a cop? Cop car? Cop car. Okay. There it is, yeah. I was like, right along. No, that's a Kevin Smith movie. I got your back. Thank you. I sometimes confuse Ethan Hawking and Kevin Bacon. I guess fair. Because sometimes I think about a, a TV show that Kevin Bacon is in, and I'm always like, ah, what's that Ethan Hawke TV show? And I'm always like, no, 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 get it out of your head. Is that the one where he's trying to hunt the serial killer or whatever? It's a cult leader. Oh, okay. How... He does... This cult kills a lot of people, okay. but yes. Okay, fair. I don't yeah. want to be specific this here. Is, you should be. It's called The Following, and oh, my okay. mother told me about it, and I did not think it would be as disturbing as it was, because why is my mother watching this <laughs> show for uh, Kevin Bacon? This weekend has been nothing if not disturbing, so there you go. I... I don't... I don't think I have large expectations for Spider-Man Far From Home. Great. All right. So. I just I knew it was a thing that was going to exist. And the only thing that I wanted it to do was answer some of the questions that I had leaving Endgame. I didn't answer them all, but some of the... I wanted it to answer some questions. Okay. What were your questions? Uh, one. How does, as the film calls it, the blip... I still like the snap, but whatever. No, I don't like the blip. Here's why. Okay. Sounds silly. Yeah. And this is a traumatic event. <laughs> that would be like if, like, some tsunami happened and we called it the splish splash. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Can I... Um, I feel like modern society would name things... The splishy flash. <laughs> yeah. The whirly woo. The shaky shake. So the blip. Okay, I wanted to know how, like, the people who are blipped out of existence, what their five years was like a little bit, meaning how are Peter and all of his friends still in high school? Then it makes sense. They it, were all snapped. They were all blipped. They were all snapped. They were all decimated. Okay. In the comics, they call it the decimation I'm at fine one with that. point. That's yeah. Smoke. <laughs> yeah, that's desolation. <laughs> the decimation of smell. It's decimation and desolation. They're different words that I think mean the same thing. I mean, I'm gonna say something. Yeah. Like I complained about the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer a long time ago because I was like, leading up to Endgame, I was like, everything looks fine. <laughs> Everyone looks like they're dealing with everything fine. <laughs> you are correct. It is one of the, the bad things about Sony choosing to release its trailer prior to Endgame coming out. However, as I said to you, half of that trailer is not in this movie. Uh, they definitely hid, they had to hide all of the second act and third act and one of the big reveals of what this movie is about. Anyway, 
So they couldn't really do much in that first trailer. So don't do it. Yeah, I agree. Here's all you have to do. Yeah. Spider-Man. No, I got it. July 2nd. Oh, gosh. Why oh sorry. You... Go on, yeah. You do the, you do the web thing. Uh-huh. Like, onto the screen. Uh-huh. And what's written in the webs. It's like Charlotte's Web. Oh. <gasps> or... Or, ooh, here's how, here's something we could do. This okay. might be a little fun. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, so you have just, like, a blue screen, and then you just see a spider starting to work on their web, and then they spell it out, like, Spider-Man Far From Home, July. Love it. Yeah, thank you. Love it. Yeah. And we're all there. Yeah. That's, uh, the, the Star Wars poster right now is just Star Wars, <laughs> and then December. They don't even give you the date. I literally was talking to Anna about this. In line, I was like, why don't they just put the numbers on there? Like, how hard is it to be like 20 whatever, 21, whatever it is? Yeah, Sylvana asked me, do you know what it is, when it is? And I was like, no, I think it's like the week or two before Christmas. Yeah, or in the trailer even, all they say is, this Christmas. And I'm like, great, great, like the 25th itself? Like, when do you open if only there was a way for us to find out. Well, there's, no, there's not. Yeah, there's so we'll, not. We'll it's too up. hard. Yep. Um. So yeah, I went to this movie not expecting much, constantly forgetting that this was on the podcast or uh-huh. on the calendar because I was like, "What are we doing after all these pre-recordings?" And it was Toy Story four and this, and I was like, "Okay, we gotta do something not Disney soon." Yeah, we are. Michelle Hanukkah is coming up. What comes next? Um, What's next week? Something Disney. It's not Disney. You get a you get a Disney break for a week. It's not written on my calendar, so I don't know. Stuber. <laughs> it's not Disney. Ico. Doing it for Ico. Yeah. Alright, are we going to do best Ico performances? Yeah, top five Ico performances. This hey. is just Kylie talks about them. Really? Yeah, I don't know what they would be. (laughs) (laughs) You do that list and I'll do the list that's here and we're fine. I like Ico. It's good, you can like Ico. He's just, he's great. I like... It's been 47 minutes, let's get into the stupid plot of this film. Alright, um, overall, overall thoughts on Spider-Man, go. Oh, sad. (laughs) No, I don't actually hate it that much. (laughs) You came out so strong. (laughs) I just didn't feel anything for this film (laughs) until the credit scenes. (laughs) And then it felt like all the excitement and energy for the film came in the the end credit scenes. And I was like, I'm bored with them. So much so that one of the mid credit scenes is in a trailer. Part of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, yeah, um, I, I had to keep reminding my brain. Okay. That this takes place after, like, about a year after Endgame. Because they're talking about at the end, they're like, after their memorial video, which I... I'm glad that they recognized Vision yeah. and Black Widow. 
I like the production on that in memorandum video was great because like you could tell that like the only picture they could find of Vision was like really small, so they had to blow it up and make it kind of pixelated. Yep, very high school. Yep, of us. I love it. <laughs> and then one of them had a Getty's image logo on the. It was good. It was solid. Um, where was I going? Uh, after the video. Oh, okay. So because they explained to us that even though they had been snapped during midterms, they had to redo the year, uh-huh. which tells me that we had, like. They could have shortened it, but I'm going with it. It's been about a school. It's year. probably a school year. Okay, so good amount of time, which which helps me with Tom Holland and Peter Parker, because I think that if this was closer to Endgame and he hasn't had that year of mourning, not even a full year, yeah. at least nine months yeah. of like mourning and things, then I wouldn't have been okay, as okay. Yes, but because it, like there's passage of time. I was a little bit more like, this This seems nice. I don't have anything, like, bad to say about any of the performances, really, or the actors themselves. There's just... The film doesn't have a lot emotionally to connect to it. Because there are these moments of Tom Holland, spoilers for Endgame, being sad about Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. But to me, it, it's never... It's not explored as deeply as it could have been, or as... I don't know if should have been. I <laughs> It's not satisfactory. It's not, yeah. Yeah. It's not explored in a satisfactory way. Um, Peter Parker and his relationships with other people in this film are just kind of lackluster. There's a there's a scene in the trailer where he talks to his aunt. That's about all you really get of his relationship with Aunt May. Yeah. Which I'm going to say that with just the entire MCU with these two. There's not a lot in between these two. Maybe there's a little bit more or like a scene in Homecoming, but... I don't, I was, I'm always like, yeah, Marissa Tomei is in it. I don't know their connection. Um, so, like, that was something that I was kind of hoping for because, like, you know, even though it has been a school year, he's probably still affected by the stuff as we see. His relationship with Ned is a little bit lack, lacking any, like, emotional depth to it because, like, Ned's got his own thing happening in this film and so Ned's preoccupied with that and so blah, blah, blah. Um, him and Mary Jane, MJ, like, he wants to, like, fall in love with MJ, and I don't know why. I'm not saying that he shouldn't or couldn't Mm -hmm. or that MJ is not interesting, but at the end of Homecoming, we're not led to, like, see, like, oh, maybe he'll fall in love with MJ. Right. Um, strangely enough, the relationship that was most explored, in my opinion, and given any time to, was between him and Quentin Beck. Yes. Uh, and then I... So, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. I will say that for me, some of that hit home a little bit harder because I was enjoying being in this world. And I was enjoying being with these characters. So... The stuff with Ned, which is not particularly well laid out and not particularly explored in any way, shape, or form. I just enjoy their dynamic, so I was allowing it to work a little bit there. And I would say that for most of the friends groups here. Um, I agree with you a lot in terms of his uh, Peter Parker's relationship with Aunt May. I think it's part of the weakest aspect of this film. They get one, maybe two scenes together. I know that some of the cut stuff is actually in New York prior to leaving. Oh, I lied. I, there's a thing with him and Happy Hogan that I like, and yeah. I'm like, good, keep 
happy around. And so give John Favreau work. <laughs> yeah, because that guy needs work. <laughs> he does. You know, between directing the Star Wars series on Disney Plus, directing the Lion King. Josh, uh, Josh, you gotta yeah. be careful. Yeah, what's up? You gotta be careful with the stuff you make now. Okay. Because when Disney remakes it in a few years, yeah. you may not get repaid. You for may it. not get repaid for it. Yep. If you don't understand that reference, the Aladdin writer of the original one didn't get paid anything. For them reusing their script. It was all legal and everything. However, it makes me sad. It's because he's one of 12 writers on the original script. We'll pay all 12 of them. Yeah, right? No, fair. Stop, yeah. Disney, stop paying all your shills. <laughs> <laughs> and start paying your writers. Fair enough. <laughs> um, The three relationships that I did think it explored really well in this movie. Um, one of them I agree with you is Quentin Beck. And we can dive deep into that one. Uh, and Happy Hogan is another one, and I also very much appreciated that. Though, John Favreau and Happy Hogan are not actually in that much of the movie. He's just in an important part. Yes, and th- I think they maximize his time really well. And they don't do that with all of the supporting characters. The one that I kind of disagree with you on is I think they actually do spend quite a bit of time on him and Mary Jane. I will agree. Or MJ, sorry. But my thing was like, he just, we go into this thing, he's like, I like MJ. And I'm like, but why? Okay. And, and, and they do kind of like, he's just like, here's my plan, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and you're kind of, and I, I, I am fine with them exploring that relationship, which I think is actually somewhat explored. And MJ has stuff, some stuff to do. Yeah. That's all fine. It was kind of just like leading into this film. They kind, it kind of just felt like like we gotta do, we gotta have him be interested in someone. They lean on three things: the comics, the the comics, and Liz the previous relationship. Liz is gone, and Liz is mm, apparently a part of this Peter Parker's type because they're the same actress type. Um, and three, it's just like. There's time passage, and I think that there is a nugget at the very end of Homecoming. Where she calls them losers. And, like, there's a spark. (laughs) (laughs) And so they've, as you pointed out, there is time passage, and so I think they are are hoping that the audience is going to make that jump with them. That may be like, oh, because these five... Lucky that all five of them disappeared at the same time. But, okay, yes. (laughs) Lucky that all five at the same time. But they were kind of the only five in their friend group that did that. Because all the other supporting kids, including this Brad Davis character who shows up, are kids who have grown up. So I appreciate that it is, yes, our five main characters, but it's at least only those five. Um, Martin Starr. Uh Uh-huh. Good job. Solid job. The other teacher? You know his name? JB Smooth or BJ Smooth? Okay. JB Smooth. Yes. Also, I you know that was a character when he first came up. I was like, I this is the person I'm going to follow. <laughs> and his arc, I his arc is just so beautiful to me. Of like he's going from a man of science <laughs> to which. I love that he's the audience surrogate sometimes because he's like this science trip doesn't have very much science on it. Oh, the witches are back. <laughs> other good line, other good line. Uh, when in Italy, your socks get wet. <laughs> Great, love it. Yes. Um, the humor I like. Mo- I like. Mo- oh, there's a good portion of the humor that I like. Something. Like, sorry, before we jump away from the Mary Jane stuff a little bit. It. Uh, some- oh, a criticism I don't like. Okay. About 
Mary Jane in this. Uh-huh. Because I'm sick of it. I hate it so much. I hated it with Wonder Woman. Let's get over it. People are, like, complaining that she doesn't have red hair. Who cares? Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> Why does it matter? It doesn't. Does it change her character? No. <sighs> also... I'm getting upset about, like, the stupid Little Mermaid. Not that the Little Mermaid will be stupid or the casting right. will be stupid. But, like, imagine getting mad over this stuff. I just can't. I did, like... There's so many other good things to be mad about. It's just... It's a very limiting scope on what casting and what a person should be like. This idea of traditional casting to a traditional look or something that's always been that way is limiting the character choices. What you're trying to do is you're trying to build the essence of a character when you're casting. You're actually trying to find the right person to play the right emotional beats and moments. Now... It is firmly established who Ariel is and what she can be, and as long as this actor can play them, it does not matter her hair color or skin tone or whatever it might be. And that goes the same for Mary Jane, for MJ. And especially in for MJ, Zendaya and the director John Watts and the writing teams have created a very different MJ than what we have traditionally seen. She's more of a modern day one. She is, and I love it. And I love that fact. And, and, even if you want to, like, push up those glasses and be like, it's not the Mary Jane that I know, I'm like, well, dear friends, is in your universe that you know, there is a multiverse. And you know what happens in the multiverse? There's all kinds of different versions of characters. And this is the one that's being presented now. So sit on it, Chachi. The thing that I did want to point out is we talked very briefly about um, how it relies on previous knowledge to set it up. And I will say that's actually something that I praise. I think we maybe both praise, but I know I certainly did. About Homecoming is it didn't bother with with great power comes great responsibility. It, this version of Spider-Man and the MCU, I think, understands that there is a universal consciousness about Spider-Man, and much like in the way that, like, we know how the Waynes died, we know how Superman's made, we know Spider-Man's origin. We know his tropes, we know his archetypes, we know his characteristics. We know all of his side characters, or at least the m- main ones and how they get together. We know, we know Harry... MJ. <laughs> yeah. And maybe Gwen Spacey. Gw- Stacey. <laughs> Gwen Spacey. Oh, she went to space. <laughs> and Aunt May. <laughs> and Uncle Ben. And so... I don't feel like I really know Uncle Ben. You know Uncle Ben enough. I know him. He's a corpse. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's a corpse with a great quote. <laughs> Uncle Ben. <laughs> um... That being said, I think that it it allows that to do that legwork, and I don't mind that it does that here. I like that we can just go and say they like each other and then move forward from there, because what that allows us to do is as we go through the course of this film, MJ becomes the character that I glom onto the most, and I'm really enjoying. While... J.B. Smooth? I mean, listen, so sorry. J.B.'s great. J.B. and Martin Starr. Oh my, I never related so hardcore to a character than Martin Starr, who's like, I just need to get these these 20 children back safe from this trip. And I'm like, oh my gosh, me too, Martin. Me too. Um, so sorry, Tony Ravioli. Tony Ravioli! Is not utilized in this film. Um... Disagree. Uh, I think Tony Ravioli. Rev. How, how do we actually say his name? Revolori? Yeah. Revolori is his actual name. We have a long running bit on this podcast of calling him Tony Ravioli. Um, but Tony Revolori, 
I really liked in this movie. Like, I love the flash mob jokes. I love his... I, I, to me, that character is nothing more than a bit machine. So the fact that he was just, like, running with it was solid. I think he can do more. I think we can give him more. Oh, can. we can. Yeah. Yeah, we totally can. He utilize his talent. I want him to be cast in other things besides <laughs> Flash Thompson. However... That's his name? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought he was random bully. Like, well, Ned's a new character, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we, we um, can get a new... No, he's Flash Thompson, and Betty Brant, who Ned falls in, who Ned has a relationship with in this movie... It's probably a comic book character. Is a comic book character. Because it's... Um, it's because... It's... Mark Davis is a comic book character. It's fine. They're all there. It's fine. I want to talk about... You mentioned briefly the relationship between... Uh, Quentin Beck and um, Peter Parker. So, the film posits, and this is not a, I guess not a spoiler. Maybe it's a spoiler. Who knows if it's a spoiler. Whatevs. The film, for the first half of its runtime, tries to convince you that Mysterio and Quentin Beck are a good guy. And if you know anything about Mysterio, you know that that's not true. That's part of his illusion. That's part of his act. And I actually appreciate that arc. But it's so, it was such good casting to put Gyllenhaal in this role, because and then to start the movie with this, he has such a punchable face. He's such a punchable and face. And you look at him, and when you see him as like this good guy, you're like, good old American boy. Look at this possible Spider-Man, as it could huh? be. Ah! Okay, see, I'm with you, but also <laughs> he also has a lot of manic energy. At one point, he puts on some glasses. That make him look a little bit like Tony Stark. Tony Stark, and in that moment, and through the foot, I thought it was really clear that I was like, "Oh, Gyllenhaal could have been Stark. Like that's something that also Name could would that the- Gyllenhaal couldn't defend. Wonder Black Woman. Widow. <laughs> <laughs> Great, I'm glad we went before the same bit. Yes, um, so. I like this choice because it gives us this opportunity to have a mentor figure for Peter Parker who ends up being different than what he thinks. And it helps teach Peter those lessons about growing up where like, yes, it's good to trust people, but also maybe not Use your brain. Also use your brain. You know, maybe don't give gifts to people you don't know all that well. I'm just saying it loud. Um... It's something that I actually rather enjoyed about... Because, to me, it helps give the villain a backstory. And two, then we've spent time in a unique way with this character that we're then fighting at the end of the film. I will say that as soon as the reveal happens, he goes very quickly into boring. Yeah. And I, I fully admit that. He's nothing more than standard villain machine at that point. Um, which is which is funny. Because, I don't, I don't know if this is a spoiler. We'll find out. But, like... He, you can't see me. No, like, his, his thing before is, like, standard hero machine dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's yeah. what he is at yeah. first. And so, like, this... This is kind of something of a of, of what Wreck-It Ralph 2 does with their princess scene. Mm-hmm. Where it's the thing of, like, we'll critique ourselves <clears throat> in some way or another. I don't uh-huh. know if they're clearly just critiquing themselves on this. But, like, Quentin Beck, at the beginning, is very much just, like, this, like, 
bland right to do like yeah google translated dialogue kind <laughs> of person yeah and then it's funny that after stuff like that's literally just what he became yeah and so like absolutely <laughs> and yet Hall just sells it so well well good actor yeah absolutely um and should we give him an Oscar? Not for this. Not for this, but we should eventually give him an okay, Oscar. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm saying we should give him an Oscar for Brokeback Mountain. Yes. Okay. I would also say we should give him an Oscar for. Nightcrawler. He didn't. Did he? He didn't even get nominated. No, no nom. Yeah, no nom for Nightcrawler. Are, uh, are we gonna nominate him for Zodiac or like just leave him out? Oh no. Okay. He's getting that nom. He's getting the nom. I, he might get the win that year, but that's a tough year. Okay. Cause I think you need to do the David Sims thing. I think you need to start your okay. Own I will. List. I will absolutely. <laughs> so that you can pull it up okay. every time. I will. All right. Give me some. Give me some moments. Okay. Uh, but Jake's good. I like. I yeah. Overall, I enjoy the relationships and the characters of this movie. I think the script is actually fairly strong. It does have some issues and beats here, but. For being a very standard plate superhero movie, I enjoyed myself here. It's I'm not gonna say that this changes lives or changes like is amazing in any way. It's mm, it is probably my second favorite MCU film of the year. I think for me, I would rank them Endgame, Far From Home, Captain Marvel. Well, that's really the only way you could after you <laughs> said it was my second. Yep, there you go. Um. I have it as my third. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I'm bored. Fair enough. <laughs> I would totally get if somebody liked Captain Marvel more than this. Just the spacey stuff in Captain Marvel is real boring to me. I love space stuff. Yeah, good. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh... Spoiler, you got spoiler, me. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. We're gonna spoil it. Spoil, spoil, spoil. It's gonna spoil. Happen now. Turn it off if you don't want spoilers. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Uncle Ben gets shot! What? <laughs> in Spider-Man 1? Yeah. Raimi 1? And the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. 1. And Bat-Murderer v. Super-Murderer, no, Dawn of... that's not Uncle Sons ben. of Martha. Oh. Uncle Ben? I feel like uh-huh. it's the only comic book character that we're progressively just like, no, that, that sucker's dead. <laughs> that sucker is dead. Because we've explored things where Thomas Wayne doesn't die. Uh-huh. And Martha doesn't die. I think it's because you you lose the essence of Spider-Man if you don't have, like, because there is, though he's like a big quippy quip, 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 the fact that he's experienced loss and such personal tragic loss is essential to that character, and that is what grounds him in that responsibility. Specifically speaking to Peter Parker, with, like, Miles... You can go other ways. Like, there are other ways to introduce a, a, Spider, a Spider-Man character, but, like, specifically for a Peter Parker character. In the comic books, he t- he takes the Peter Parker route. However, in Spider-Verse, uh-huh. they start with a different route. Yeah. But that's because they play with something differently where they introduce... No. I'm gonna take <laughs> back my statement. Okay. They they d- don't change it up that much yeah. as much as I want to be because they kill Peter Parker. Yeah. At the beginning, and that's his motivation. Yes, yeah. 
So never mind. Yeah. Because oh, I was gonna say like no, because it's it's Jake Johnson that really encourages him. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Johnson is the opposite of an encourager. Yeah. Well, and then even still, like with Miles Morales, like you still have the lost uncle aspect of it as well too. Eventually. Yes. So like I said, there is different ways to establish your Spider-Man character, but having some intrinsic personal tragic loss is critical to that character. Which is like the joke of. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Well, that's yes. not a joke, but they use the running bit of yes. it. Um, alright, now actual spoilers for Far From Home. J- Whoa, J.K. Simmons! <laughs> J.K. Simmons is back, everybody! Yeah. Uh, I agree with you that the end sequences are two of my favorite scenes. Uh-huh. Uh, As David Ehrlich put it, it's where 80% of the emotional pull of <laughs> Yes, it really is. Um, so... I love, I love the scene where him and Zendaya are... I don't talk much about Tom Holland. I still think he's a cutie patootie. Yeah, no, he's great. He's good. Yeah. I don't know. You said performances were good. Performances okay, are good. Okay. Yeah, and Tom's in I that. Just, I don't, I don't want people to think that I dislike Tom Holland. Guys. My favorite actor. Guys, Kylie now ranks them Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. That's where it is after one whoa, movie. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Jake Johnson, <laughs> Tobey Maguire, Chris Pine, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Uh, who's the voice of Miles? Shamik Moore. Shamik Moore. Shamik Moore. Second. <laughs> Tom Holland. That's not how it goes. I don't like the character of Peter Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man's. However, I have come to not blame Andrew Garfield. For that. That's fine. That's totally fine. It's not. I don't like his performance. Mm-hmm. Whether whatever character is written on the page or not, I personally don't like the choices that he's making. He's at least doing something. Yeah, different. trying. He's trying. He's trying. Um, I think they tried to make a modern Peter Parker, but they didn't make a modern Peter Parker very well. Yeah, Tom Holland did, and they did it over here when they wrote it over here. Like that's a modern Peter Parker. Okay, yeah. Well, sometimes it's called a rough draft, Josh. <laughs> Fair. Sometimes we don't present our rough draft to the world, Kylie. Sometimes you. <laughs> that's that's. Uh, we're not here to talk about the amazing. Spider-Man. We're not. We're not. But the other issue with those films is that they're setting up thirty films in advance. <laughs> yes. In those films, and my my statement is: you have me today and now. Wow, me now. Yes. Uh, the other issue that uh, is in those films is that the most interesting character of that entire franchise is Emma Stone. Oh, I was going to text you yeah. during the end credits, but then I forgot because I started playing Mar- Marvel Puzzle Quest uh-huh. instead. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, I want... I want... Because, like, before The Amazing Spider-Man, I was like, Solo Aunt May film. Uh-huh. And I was like, Solo Aunt May and Happy Hogan film. Oh, yeah. A rom-com. I just want the rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a summer fling, though. I, it could be more. But, if it's I mean, not... Happy, it's just a summer fling. I... <laughs> if it's not, I... Their little scenes together are solid. Should... I love them. It should just be... No, I don't want that. Because I don't want May to be, like, so flippant about things. I want her to be a good person. Yeah. I want to see the rom-com. I want that relationship to fall. Okay, but she's she's got to be the lead of it. Hey. And it's about her going it's from like John Favreau direct it. Flippancy. <laughs> no, he's got to he got to get a buddy in there. You're right, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> there it is, RDJ. He's directorial debut. <laughs> 
Everyone else, every other actor seems to get their own directorial debut, so why not? You know what the name of the film is? Hey. I don't like that. It's their ship name. I don't care. It's Happy in May. I don't hey. like it. Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Hang on. Hey. Nope. Hang on. Hang on. Let me try. Mappy. No. I'm gonna come. In, I'm gonna figure it out. Okay. By the end, I should have. I'll try All right. to have an answer. There you go. All right, everyone. So, <sighs> here's what has happened. Eighty percent of my emotional pull of this film happened in two scenes. Really, one scene, but the other scene just like I made me feel happy. So. <clears throat> Well, the end scene, like, just made me a little bit happy. I know that they set some stuff up. It might be, like, they might have done some sword stuff. I don't... Okay, can I tell you my, like... Um, I almost called smart moment of the film. Did you call it out? I lean over to Anne, and I'm like... Nick Fury and Marie Hale seem real off in this movie. And I was like, it's either their, their scroll... Or they don't care. Call me. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Why not both? <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah. Um, they just their performances seem like they were they were good. I'm not saying they were bad performances. To me, what I was saying is that they just seem like they were their their characters were slightly off. They didn't quite seem like choices and th- phrasings and things. And it makes sense. They're not themselves. They are Ben Mendelsohn, and. I don't know the lady's name. I really don't. So how long has this been? How long has Ben Mendelsohn been in charge of? I mean, it's any point after Captain Marvel, which is 20 years before the other movies. <laughs> so all of it. Uh, 10 years before the other movies, but... Yeah. Okay, I'll say I'll say after Winter Soldier, maybe. Here's, here's my thing. I'll, hear me out. Ooh, okay, I got a pen. Go. when it could have started. Okay. I'm not saying every time after uh-huh. what it is. But that, here's where it could start. Because here's my thoughts. Okay, so S.H.I.E.L.D.'s done. Finito. Okay. Yeah. Well, Finished. Now, now we got this. This is S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, so... We don't have space on Earth. Uh, we do. We kind of do. I don't know if we've got international space... Tra- oh, he does. No, because of... Yeah, okay, no, he knows. Yeah. He knows Captain Marvel. He does. True story. Also, the yeah. Avengers. Well, yes, but, like, at that point, we don't have, like, friends who are coming down to pick us up and take us up to space. Oh, okay. Um, we don't have space friends But yet. he does. He specifically does. Yeah, he's got Talos. Uh-huh. Talos' wife. Uh-huh. And Captain Marvel. Yeah, three friends. And the lady friend. Yes. Well, and all of the other Kree who are on the ship with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's got friends. Scroll. 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 sorry. So I think, like, they're supposed to be, like, a new version of S.H.I.E.L.D., in the comics, it's called Sword, Sword, and it's basically Intergalactic Shield. Okay, so Sword Shield. Um, I'm gonna say something. Yeah. I don't like Tony Stark anymore. Oh, okay. I don't hate him. Okay. But like, <laughs> wait, I didn't get to give you my crazy theory. What? Uh, my crazy theory about when it is, uh, Age of Ultron. Mm. Hear me out. Because he stops talking. You're right. Stops talking. Hear me He's out. No longer there. In Captain Marvel, uh-huh. Captain Marvel says, "Tell me something about yourself." Nobody would know. And he says, I like my toast all weird. Uh-huh. And he's making toast in the kitchen of Jeremy Renner's house. Is he? I thought he was just in the farm. No, he's in the kitchen. He's, like, doing things. He's, like, in the kitchen. He's in the farm. I could pull up the scene, but I'm pretty sure he's making stuff in the kitchen, and I'm pretty sure he cuts his sandwich wrong.
No, you're right. He is eventually in there. I was thinking about the scene where he's not in there. Uh, there is a scene where he's not in there, yes. You're right. You got me. Okay. All right. So, the question is, does he cut a sandwich the right way? My question is, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, this is how we can find out if he's Talos or not. You're right. They start. They brought that up in March 11th, 2019 on some of these articles. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I burr, burr, these nerds burr, burr, are going to punch the face. Burr, 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 burr. Um... Yeah, what's up? You hate Tony Stark? No, no. I just, like, I came to realize something. Yeah. Something that I don't think is necessarily a good thing. Um, Edith? Uh-huh. I don't like Edith. <laughs> I had a lot of problems with Edith. Even in Death Hero? I don't think it should be even in. It has to be even dead. I'm the hero. Because it can't be even in Death, because that means that you cut out the I, but you're not cutting out the T for the... So, it has to be Even Dead, I'm the Hero. Okay, Even Dead, I'm the Hero. Great. Okay. That's what it is. Okay, I don't like it. Okay. Okay, here's why. Um, and I guess, I know that he's done this for a while. Uh-huh. Like, I've known this, I've seen it before. Uh-huh. But now I suddenly, like, caught on to it of, like, Tony Stark has, uh, too much power. Yeah. Too much surveillance power. I sent you a gif of Lucius Fox walking away from it. Uh-huh. And that uh, was my thoughts of just, like, <laughs> remember when the Dark Knight did this, then we decided it was a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tony Stark thinks it's a great but thing. But this was Tony's problem, and this is literally the rift between Cap and Tony. I know. Yeah. And therefore... Cap's right. No, Tom... Yes. <laughs> yes, Tom Holland should have snapped the glasses. Oh, yeah. interesting. Love it. Yeah. I am on board. Because, like, when I was introduced to Edith and, like, they could read text, I was like, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't... I don't like Tony Stark again. He's been doing it for a while. Yeah. And it's my fault for not recognizing this till now. And I know that the Sokovia Accords was like, we have to register ourselves up and down. Kylie, have you seen Civil War? Do we need to pop that in again? Yeah, I've doing? seen it, Josh. I saw it before I saw the first Iron Man. And you did. all of his sins were wiped away. Yeah. I understood him now. Yeah, there you go. I finally got the character through the whole thing. <laughs> I also realized that I either, so, yeah, I also don't have strong emotional ties to Tony Stark as a character. Um, he's mostly been a a foil, a villain, or a quip machine when he hasn't been in his own movies. And even in one of his own movies, he was nothing more than a quip machine. So, good job, Iron Man 2. So, I agree that it's difficult for me to, like, glom on to, like... Because, like, I didn't cry at Tony's death. Like, I was like, cool story, bro. Out of here. Bye. Whoa. Whoa. Um, whoa. whoa. Yeah. I was sad for Tom Holland. I'm. That's what I was getting to. That was my point. I was sad for... Pepper Potts? No. Rhodey. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was sad for Pepper Potts. <laughs> um, Gwyneth Paltrow, an actress who I didn't had only seen in, like, one other film before. Uh Like, good job. You made me think, you're not so bad. Yeah. Uh, I, that being said, my whole point, that 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 sentence was getting to, I do feel bad for Tom Holland, and I do feel bad for Happy Hogan, and, like, 3,000. Those are... 300, we'll get, we'll have 300 cheeseburgers. Great, love it. Oh, cheeseburgers. Good line. Is that a reference to the first one? Uh, kind of? Should be. 
Yes. Right? So it That's is. That's the only thing I got. It is. It is a reference to the first one, but it's like, it, when he gets out of the cave, he tells Happy he wants, he just, a, he he wants a Whopper. Oh, yeah. Cheeseburger. Yeah. And so Tony likes cheeseburgers. Yes, we know. Okay. We got that. Good. So I feel bad for all those characters, but I'm feeling empathy, not sympathy. And so that is, I think, a, a, something that holds this film back a little bit, is if you're not like actively mourning the loss of Tony Stark as a character, it's a little hard. I, I just enjoy the bits. I, oh, uh, the elementals are boring. The fights are boring. Doesn't make any sense. Here's why. Yeah. You're fighting a molten lava monster. You uh-huh. should feel some heat. And I don't think drones can make heat. Yeah. Drones don't work this way anyways, so it doesn't make any sense. It's dumb. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> You are not the first person to make this argument. Who's angry about these drones? <laughs> you and others. Um, and in my brain, I don't... Uh, f- like, okay, in my brain, the, like, magic technology <laughs> of Guardians of the Galaxy and drone technology on Earth, I understand equal nonsense. Like, all... So I'm like, oh, okay, drones. Like, but I feel like drones are so close to actual human technology for some folks that they're like, this isn't how drones work. Do the drones? Drop the water for the water guy? Is the ground not wet? I think they like... No, because like they actually make the stuff happen. Do they actually make water? I don't I, I, Maybe they're holding a little bit and they just spurt it out. Do they make fire? Here's my, here's my thing. This is at least six years to our future. Maybe drones can do that. Do they do something cool? Maybe they have a flamethrower. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how these drones work. I don't know. If I was fighting a lava monster, I probably would have already, like, caught on fire. Yeah? Yeah. Um, so Quentin Beck turns out to be a bad guy, and then he wants to kill people, and you're like, okay, cool, because he wants to be Tony Stark. Uh-huh. My other question is, why is Tom Holland supposed to be the new Tony Stark? Here's who I thought was supposed to be the new Tony Stark. And by the new Tony Stark, I mean the semi-leader, but we're uh-huh. always just throwing him around as the semi-leader, and he's not a good leader. Uh-huh. We need a new cap. So yeah. that's going to Captain Marvel, uh-huh. our new captain. Uh-huh. Um, our new smart, quippy guy, that's Doctor Strange. Yep, so that's Sp- the new Iron Man. Spider-Man's the new Thor, but I know that Thor's still here, but Thor's on his own adventure. But Spider-Man's the new Thor. Okay. Um, What's Black Panther, then? What? Black Panther is Hulk? Black Widow. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, <laughs> who's your Hulk? Hulk. Oh, Hulk's still here? He's still here! <laughs> <laughs> now like, Hawkeye is Ant-Man. You've done it. Yeah, I, yeah. I figured this out. I've mapped it out for months. I thought it was obvious. I thought we were all on the same side. But you guess what? Who's not on the same board as me? John Watts, who wants this kid to be the new Tony Stark. Well, I think it's a natural question to ask because he's... Tony passed down things to him. Like, it was clear that this was his mentor, his protege. Um, and then it's also just the first film that follows Endgame. So I would imagine that any superhero would have this question asked of them at this point. Doctor Strange. So, yes, Doc Strange is the correct answer, but I get why people are asking this kid, and it also helps with the sense of overwhelming. Like, it makes sense script-wise why it's here, because he just... Because Doctor Strange would be like, no, no, I'll be back. But also, if I'm I'm an MCU person, I want his whole arc to be like, no, I'm not the next Iron Man. I'm the current Strange. I'm Spider-Man. Oh. Because (laughs) what I don't want people to do is make those direct comparison to slots. I want people to feel oh, like know, these characters are their own. You don't want me to re 
cut and paste everyone to exactly who they will, yeah. what role they're going to take up? Correct. Yes. Well, too late, Josh. It's all, it's been there all this time. Well, I know. I'm just saying. They don't want you to put it together. Sorry. Sorry. Paul Rudd's not Hawkeye, because Hawkeye can sometimes be useful. Wasp is Hawkeye. Um, Paul Rudd is sometimes useful. How dare you? He's a cheerleader. He calls Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys. Guys, I need help. That's something for Ant-Man and the Wasps that I praise, that when it starts, she's great. And mm-hmm. we don't have to train yeah. her. Yeah. Like, I'm like, good job. We did it. I appreciate that MJ just, like, as soon as she finds out. Oh, yeah. So, in this film, MJ finds out that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Everyone finds out. Everyone. He's not doing a good <laughs> job of this. Aunt May knows. She knows. I see. But this is something that I really appreciate about a modern Spider-Man. It's like, yes, it's hard to keep this secret. Like, especially around people who know you and are just figuring it out um so not only does she know she figures it out i like that i like that she becomes more active and in the final scene she's helping this group that's also got happy hogan like survive to the point where i kind of am interested and i would like to see this arc be completed to where maybe in three his support team around him and the people that actually maybe are saving spider-man in some way are his friends. And that's where you get more of Ned and MJ and Tony Ravioli and um, Blonde Girl. Um, I don't remember what her name is. Betty. Betty. Um, and maybe that friend group can become more characters and then help him create his own, like, he now has to rely on his own team of people. And I think that would actually make sense as a logical arc from <sighs> before we started in Homecoming to Far From Home. What are your, uh, you got any, uh, final takes, any, uh, final rankings, any final opinions? Two and a half stars. Two and a half? I have four. Oh my gosh, it's so many, Josh. I like it a lot. Oh, it's so boring. It's good times with the movies. Nothing happens. It's not boring. It's good times with good characters. Just wait, you're gonna, you're gonna retract the statement in oh, yeah? a few months. You're gonna rewatch it again. I'll be like, and you're gonna be like, I think Tyler was right. I'm gonna be like, negative three. <laughs> well, maybe not that much. Oh, okay. But I then... <laughs> It's going to be a real Fantastic Beasts. I will say that with Homecoming 1, I would like that movie more each time I watch it. Oh, well, that's a good movie. Well, we will see if Far From Home is the same. Well, it's not a good movie, though. We don't know that yet. I know. I mean, I do know that. I like this movie. Uh, yeah. you, you're blinded. By the Spider-Man? I'm going to put it right before Lego Movie 2. I think this is like my ninth film of the year so far. Oh my gosh, Josh. Don't be a shill. I'm not, they're not paying me. I'm not a shill. You're paying them though. (laughs) Hey, Kylie, we have to do one more thing before we end. Okay, get the Planet Hollywood game. Well, yes, we have to do that too. Sorry. Uh, We have to rank the villains. Okay. All right, Josh, where do you want to put him? Um. Who's like halfway? Oh, there's so many. Uh, what? Who's like halfway? Who's the midpoint? Red, Red Skull. I would go above Red Skull. Okay. Are you going to put him above Ghost? Yes. Because okay. I had to think about what Ghost was from. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. What? Ghost is from Guardians of the Galaxy? What? No, okay, sorry. Ego. Oh. Ooh. Who's above Ego? Vulture. I think I found my line. <laughs> 
Careful here, Josh. <laughs> I'm not putting him above Ego. Oh, okay. There we go. Okay, perfect. Is that where you want to put him? Yeah. He's not going above Vulture was my only thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a good villain. I think that maybe, in some ways, Marvel might have figured out their villain problem. Let's hope. I don't know. We have Hella really low, and she's a pretty recent villain, too. So? Josh, to be fair, we have Avengers Endgame Thanos below Ant-Man and the Wasp. (laughs) (laughs) What you gonna say there? You're like... We're gonna we're gonna raise him up. No, I'm fine. He's he's bland in the new one. He's just a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Where are the bad guys? All right, are you ready? Yeah. Planet Hollywood game time. What? What? Uh, yeah, read it before you hit it. Films that start with the letter R. Rugrats the movie. Uh, Rocketeer. Room. Rocky. Ratatouille. Raging Bull. Rachel getting married. Rio was my next one. Nice. I was trying to think of something with the word real in it. And I could Reality Bites. Reality Bites. There it is. There it is. Awesome. Good job. All right, friends. If you're enjoying this conversation, and why wouldn't you? You can do so at friendofafriendpodcast at squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes if it's a five-star review or any star review, as well as hit that subscribe button. That helps us get more listeners. You can also find us on Facebook at Friend of a Friend Podcast. You can find us on YouTube at... Don't close together. Tumblers. Don't close together. Letterboxd. The Derby 15 guy, yeah, sure. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Josh. Mm, Kylie. Quack, 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 quack. quack, 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 quack. quack.